Hi everyone, welcome to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today we're going to be chatting about the importance of organic content. Andy, long time since you've heard that tune. I'm so happy, can I hear it again? Or does that mean... Do you want to know something? You love fiddling with knobs? On the mix. Depends who's. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>, Start off. <laughs> I can tell you're back on the podcast. So, um, someone's criticised the intro song. Was says, it wrong? Says it's not very cobra. They're wrong. Says it's not metal enough, was their exact words. Well, I think my heavy metal days are, are way behind, well behind me. Yeah, but B's pretty heavy metal. <laughs> you can't say anything, she might listen. Who said that? Oh, we can't name them. Do you want to know something else? Go on. We're here to talk about why organic marketing is important, but not as important as your paid for marketing. Yes, but I've got we'll two, get to that. two big pieces of news before that. One, we've secured a production and distribution studio for the Stay Hungry podcast. That means that they're probably going to edit the shit out of our podcast and uh, previously one hour podcast will be about 20 minutes. Oh, is that ABC podcast in Peckham? Yeah, yeah, that's them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're underrated, I think. <laughs> Sydney, Peckham, New York, I think, is on the... On the yeah. Um, and the other bit of news, our book, and this makes me feel arrogant, but it's a bestseller in the UK, the US and Australia. Can I go to Australia now? Uh, probably not at the moment. Is it in... No, they're not letting people in. Is that one of the countries we can go to if they don't want us? I imagine so. I think that's the case with most countries outside of pandemics. Well, I can't go We're there. allowed, but they don't want us. Well, I can't go there with my family anyway, because my eldest daughter says that nine out of the ten of the world's top deadliest animals live in Australia, so she won't go there. And Chuck Norris lives in America. Okay, eight out of the top ten. No, not that he's the tenth. <laughs> right, organic marketing, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> what about... Uh, so, on, on the back of the book, which, I mean, oh, just the feedback from that's been brilliant, and, and I'm so glad we finally got round to writing it, because it's been a long time planning, haven't we? I mean, we've been threatening a book of some sort for maybe six, seven years, pre-co-break. Yeah. And book two is already... In the pipeline, so keep keep your, your your eyes peeled for that one. But uh, quite a few people have asked on the back of the first book that obviously a lot of our focus in terms of helping businesses is on paid for advertising, about reaching into your pocket, finding an ad budget, and obviously doing it correctly, targeting the right people through the right platforms, but using paid for advertising. Whereas a lot of businesses, they, they still try and do everything on organic. Now, I want to make clear that organic marketing your organic content is still important but the results we've seen for clients it's because we look at organic marketing as there to supplement and complement the paid for work it's not to be done instead of yeah but someone sees your ad they think oh look at this joel bloke he's got a book out there that looks cool i'll go and check him out on social oh last posted like three weeks ago or he posts shit You've lost a sale. Yeah. So it's important. I mean, we were discussing the power of organic content this morning. And prime example, someone who we get on really well with, a fortunate to get on really well with, had a copy of our book. And she shared a picture of herself reading our book. We engaged with that to say thank you. And somebody else saw it and thought, oh, I fancy reading that book. They bought the book. They really enjoyed the book. They booked a discovery call with us, and chances are we're going to be working together in the future. 
that's the power of organic content when it's done well and leveraging your organic content something that you reference a lot and i reference slightly less so but did put it in a video yesterday is you're nicking my ideas again no i think you stole it off me put it in a script for me to say so that's cool uh is posting a fluffy picture of a bunny and saying happy easter at easter unless you're selling fluffy bunnies or easter eggs isn't going to make the boat go faster it, that's the type of organic content that's lazy and is copying everybody else I've, I've just one had egg this year by the way you got one, one. that's one more than me you get it had about you an egg no what you get for Easter then we don't do Easter we, we cooked a Moroccan lamb together right. we're cultured it's not chocolate is it Caitlin bought us some Easter chocolate did she yeah, Reese's Pieces. Oh, God, eggs. yes, of course I went on and ordered a load of Reese's Pieces and now my youngest daughter's addicted to them. Hmm. Don't look at the calorie thing, but they're really nice. Anyway, sorry, what are you talking about? Don't know, something about... Oh, fluffy bunnies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be... Don't just copy everyone else's. Don't jump on the latest hype train. Don't... And this is a sore point for me right now. Don't watch a video on Instagram and then exactly copy it for your LinkedIn and think people won't realise. It's just... There's no, there's no malice behind it. It's just a bit lazy. And if you're, I don't know, an accountancy firm and it's Easter time and you're going to do, uh, find a picture of an Easter egg and wish everyone a happy Easter. No, it's, it's not the end of the world. But there's probably something more original you can do, something more on brand you can do. Or, to be honest, most of the time, actually, go and spend that time with your kids instead. Don't bother doing a post because all it will do is blend in with all the other bloody pictures of fluffy bunnies and Easter eggs. You're not adding anything different to the mix. Be different. Be disruptive. Yeah. Say well, fuck Easter. Fuck oh, Easter. You shit, oh God, my mum's going to be listening to this again. He gets hold off. Andy's back. The real Andy. So, oh yeah, we were saying that. What if Code Break did Easter? I can't Easter? Sit with that. I don't know what to do because we're being filmed this time, aren't we? Why don't you lie like a chaise lounge? I mean, I've got very long legs. They're just about. Yeah, I'm just struggling to get my legs bloody in the, the situation. Look like bloody Ronnie Corbyn. Now, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely off track now. So, what's like some really good examples of organic content that you've seen? Put oh. you on the spot. Oh god, that has put me on the spot. Um, I like repurposed content. So I like. Um, so 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 so. The worst number in marketing is one. We know that. So if you've got something good to shout about. You don't want to post about it once in one format on one platform. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you spam people either, but just by saying the same shit in the same format on the same platform over and over again. So I like things where you can see, I don't know, maybe a video about a certain subject. Mm -hmm. And then you also talk about that certain subject a different way or maybe a different platform. And then, so I don't know, you post a blog on, on Facebook on Monday and then maybe uh, you pick out two or three of the most salient quotes from that blog, and you, what's the matter? Someone turned off the aircon, and I'm dying. Oh, really? I wonder what you're doing there, like flapping around. I'm so warm. Take your hoodie off, then. Why did they turn off the aircon? Well, so the sound doesn't... Uh... Well, we've got directional microphones, they're okay. mental. Oh, well, was, well, that's a shame, because I'm just right, temperature-wise. You're half Indian. <laughs> And what's that mean, Joel? Chances are, Let's you're more prepared for warm weather than I am. Yes. <laughs> I was born in Bangor. <laughs> Got and, an interesting story about Bangor. Not suitable for the podcast. Uh, 
and and let's say we, we have had someone work for our company whose thermostat at home was on 26 so well i feel like that's the situation we're in right now <sighs> i totally forgot what i was talking about now oh yeah so repurposing content that, that's my favorite organic content where you can like turn one good bit of news into different pieces of news on different platforms oh, that's really eloquently put <laughs> You put me off by, t- by flapping your bloody so yeah, it, like you might have filmed a podcast and then you turn that into a microcast and you turn it into a video trailer and you turn it into a short video Don't and you turn it into a long video it. and you turn it into an Instagram post and you turn it into a reels and a TikTok and no, not TikTok. Yeah, right. You're just showing your age and uh, now you've put me off my flow. Essentially. There's no reason from one video you couldn't create 15 pieces of content. Yeah. If you're going to spend time on organic content, and again, if you're spending money on ads, you do need to look after organic content. Make sure you're milking it, basically. There's still that fear that, oh, oh, I, I mustn't post about that more than once in case someone doesn't like it. It's like, oh, I mustn't email because I've already emailed once this month. Someone might unsubscribe from my emails. Yeah. That's just... Now, again, there are ways of doing it because you don't want to be. If, if you're sending three emails a day and all they're doing is sell, 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 shouting, buy my stuff, yeah, of course people are going to get pissed off and unsubscribe. But if you're informing people on a good frequency, so, you know, enough frequency to actually remember who you are, and people unsubscribe, they're doing you a favour. They're cleaning your database. Yeah, yeah. And if it seems authentic, so you're genuinely being your true self, and then people either love it or hate it, that's fine that's okay I, there's nothing worse than people sort of trying to tailor what they put out because they think it's what their audience want to hear or scared I think fear is massively underrated uh, in in small to medium sized business marketing that's that fear, oh what what someone might say now of course if you've got some really dodgy ideas and ethics keep them to yourself but otherwise it's, it's just a real shame when people are like, oh I've got I'm, I'm launching a service that will really help people, but I don't want to shout about it too much. Or I've done this and it really helps someone, but I don't want to talk about it too much. It's, yeah, you, you can be humble about it, but you don't want to be the world's best kept secret. Yeah, either. yeah. Yeah, no. Confident but humble. Where did we get that from? Must be one of our values. I wonder if that's in shot our values. Doubt it. Uh, which is your favourite of our values? Well, stay hungry is, that's sort of, you know, that kind of sums me up that it doesn't matter what you're going through what's happened in your life stay on target stay hungry always want it and I used to think stay I was over target yeah that's what came into my head as well you weirdo um, is that where Porkins dies? yeah 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 very sad but I I used to think I was over competitive I, you know like how I guess in schools now uh, everyone gets a gold medal whether they come first or eighth when I was at school, if I didn't come first, I felt like I'd come last and I'd beat myself up terrible and I used to, like, love winning. I didn't like the fact that other people had lost, but I loved winning. And that isn't a trait that's celebrated in British culture at all. If success is frowned upon in British culture, sometimes you meet a lot of people that... I'm cold now, just saying. Good. I'll zip up my... I am about to fill the podcast with hot air. So... <laughs> And so I found that really difficult when I became an adult because you're basically told to tone it down. Like, you know, go in on yourself a bit. You know, it's not humble to want to win. Oh, I, I think that's bollocks. I think wanting to win is admirable. 
as long as you're not boasting about the fact that you won. And that's, uh, yeah, that's a long answer. What's your favourite value? Well, no, I mean, if, if you, oh, I don't know, let's say you're the wheezy lad of the back that comes in last at 100 metres. Uh, th- that's okay, because you're probably going to be like, let's, let's, be, let's be really generous now, just say you're probably really good at chess or maths. You can read so, a book quicker than me. So, so everyone will have those skills, because if, well, Simon Sinek talks about this a lot, if everything is applauded, when you get out there into the real world, and I don't know, so it's your first job, and your work is not at the level it needs to be, believe me, you're not going to get the prize for that. You'll probably get the sack, or at least some yeah. kind of warning. And if, it, if that is like a bolt out of the blue for you, for like, you can't tell me that. I tried hard. Well, that, that's admirable. We've all got to try hard, but at some point, you've got to fucking do your job. Or it's not the right job for you. And sometimes I think that might be a bit of a, a bit of a shock for some people because all the all the way through their life, been told, oh, that, that, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay that you've come last at this or, yeah. or whatever. And 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 accordingly, maybe those people they they're not celebrated for what they do come first at either. It's yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's weird because sometimes maybe that that attention is given the wrong way where that's teachers, parents, guardians, whatever. And, and it's hard because we've all been there in that first job and there's always going to be a bit of fear in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it can go the other way too. If you're kind of used to being the best and it comes naturally to you mm. and you go into a job and suddenly you're not top dog anymore. Big fish in a little pond. It, yeah, you can start saying things like, oh, I think we should do this. It's like, hang on, rookie. No one gives a shit what you think. And I mean, it doesn't sound like a nice working environment, but you've, you've got to have this balance where if you've got a hungry attitude, if you come into any business, any school, any role, and it's clear, like even if you're the wheezy guy that's going to come eighth in the 100 metres, if you're hungry to improve on yourself every time, nobody there is going to laugh at you for coming last. They'll be like, well, bloody hell, you knocked half a second off your time in, in the space of six months. You know, that's, that's amazing progress. I do. We'll talk about my favourite co-boat value now because that, that that is the best. Is it stay hungry? You like own your shit, surely. Like Ownership. Well, what, do you, what do you mean? It's my fault. You can't say that to me. Teflon. Mm. Talk about that a lot, don't we? Uh, yeah, own your shit. Take ownership. If if you've done something great, take the plaudits. If you've done something wrong, apologise and take it on the chin. Don't try and pass the buck. I listened to a podcast about that this morning. Who's that? Gary V. Okay. Muscles walking the dog, and he he was saying that micromanagement is bad, but um, managing the micro elements of your business is important. So what he was saying is most business owners, if they've got a successful business, will take the plaudits, mm. and behind the scenes they'll sit and they'll talk about all the things that are wrong in the business, but they don't do anything about them. And so the point he was making is, take ownership. You want the plaudits of having, let's say, Andy and Joel, you want the plaudits of having Codebreaker grow in marketing company. But if you've got a hole in your boat, that's equally as much your responsibility as it is to have the plaudits. So fix the hole in your boat. And I think for business owners, that's a really important mindset shift that you'd like to think that you can delegate all the tasks and get the right managers in place and all that thing 
But ultimately, responsibility is always with you, even if you're just the owner. Ultimately, the responsibility is with you. If you're the owner of BP and they drill through a coral reef, guess who the media is coming after? It isn't the manager or or the you know Perkins on his desk. It's it's going to be the owners or the board. And that ownership mentality. Some people are brilliant at it, but there's an awful lot of businesses and and people out there that. Oh, it's all right. Someone else will fix it. So Uncle Ben was right all those years ago. Not the rice one. You're talking about <laughs> Spider-Man's uncle. I wonder, I wonder, did Stanley actually write that line? With great power comes great responsibility. Is it, in, is it in the comic, that line? I presume so. It's in the film. It's, it's, well, it must be the most famous line from Spider-Man. I've watched that many superhero shows that use that line as a cheeky reference. That surely, so that's what because we do find that a lot of people they want one but not the other. They want the power, they want the kudos, but they don't want the responsibility that comes with that. Mm. When something goes wrong, oh, it wasn't me, governor? Oh, nothing to do with me. It was so and so. No, no, no. You got to take what what's good in your company, what's bad in your company, because only then, when you take responsibility, can you actually do something about it. Whether that's maximising something good that's happened and turning it into a good marketing opportunity. Um, or something bad that's happened that you go, right, I need to fix this so I can continue to help people, help people better. Yeah, I mean, a, a trait in our business is we really struggle, you and I personally, not the team, they love a celebration, but you and I personally really struggle to celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. We take them for granted because that's what we told people we were going to do. And the problem that we personally have is that we'll focus so much on all the negatives when even lately we've had some fantastic wins but all of our focus and attention is on ironing out the, the problems and you, you need that balance. But a, a strong way to keep yourself humble is it doesn't matter how successful your business is, there's always areas to improve. There's always things you can make better. But, you know, my, my eldest daughter's like that. I wonder if it is some... I, I don't like saying anything about genes. It sounds like you're just trying to, to, <laughs> to, to pass off the blame, which is in, entirely not the point here, the opposite. Um, but Maddie will do nine things well and one thing wrong and she'll focus on, on that one thing. Whereas Holly is totally the opposite. She, she could do nine things badly and one thing well. She'll look at that one good thing and I suppose you do need a combination of the two. Yeah. Because, yeah, we've had, we've had some, some massive wins. The book, you know, how, how, how hard it was to get the book done. And then we did it and it's great we're sort of already on to book two and then recruiting for the business and... Yeah, like you and I haven't even shared a drink to sort of celebrate the success of the book. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink anymore. Well, so I don't want to go out now. But, I'm just sitting there looking miserable <laughs> in the corner. This is fun, isn't it? But we're too busy moving. Mm. We're, we're straight on to the next thing, good or bad. And, I mean, I wouldn't change it, but it's about balance. I think maybe, well, the, the pandemic, I think because there's... Even though we've given up the booze now, we do, let's say, going out for dinner or going out for lunch. We couldn't even do that. And that's probably how to celebrate it. Right, Joel, come on. You know, me, you, Hannah and Emma. Oh, the girls are coming. Let's go out. For, oh, well, they don't have to. Uh, let's go out for dinner. Um, but, yeah, it's it's something we're, we're always doing our best to address. Uh, like I say, we've had a couple of really big client wins recently. And that's great. Let's make sure we onboard them properly. Let's look after them. Let's make sure we carry on looking after our other clients. But it's all right, let's do something else. Mm. And that, maybe that's something 
just never get the balance on. I don't know. Yeah, it's tricky. It's definitely tricky. Because uh, sometimes we talk about switching off. Can you switch off? Do you want to switch off? If someone said, right, tell you what, I'll give you 10 million quid for COVID right now. Five million each. Well, actually, sort of seven for me, three for you. What would you do? Would you just switch switch off and just retire and do nothing? Me and you, I think we probably last a week before. De- definitely. Right, going crazy now. Someone said something really clever to me. That I can't even remember who told me the other day. Wasn't me then. Uh, no, you're, you're all right. Um, so, because you and I are both guilty of this, if we enjoy doing something, we keep doing it. So, and there's loads of examples lately of you and I messaging each other at weekends, starts off as a casual chat, always ends up on work chat. We cannot just talk about normal shit. But, I've got no interest in football, so can't talk to you about that. Oh, I know who it was, so I'm doing a bit of work on myself at the moment, and, and one of the coaches I'm working with said... Even if you don't think you need a rest, force yourself to have rest days. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, because before you've realised you've burnt yourself out or before you've realised you've knackered yourself out, you've already done it. And so by enforcing those rest days, much like you'd enforce a gym day, you'd enforce whatever else you have in your routine, enforce the rest. And that really struck with me because I am shit at that. And you'll appreciate that too, so... Try to get better. Say so, so weekend. Um, Saturday morning, it's a kids' tennis lessons, and I do the gym. Saturday afternoon, I really will try to, to, to have some downtime. Ever told me you watch train programs? I watch. I watch Michael Portillo's train journey sometimes yeah. with, the, with the Week magazine. But then it's like, oh, I just get the laptop. I just check this. I just check that. But as long as it's, honest, if it's work stuff that is moving the business forward, I love it. I'll only get pissed off with myself. If I'm spending time off the clock, you know, evenings, weekends, doing work stuff that I know I shouldn't be doing, that's that's what really bothers me. But to actually switch, like, like uh, quite a few of my friends work in work in the public sector, and quite a few of them, like, you know, they're they're, they're employed, and so when they have a day off, they, they they literally don't do any work. So I say, well, okay, you know, Rob, what what you do on? You, you took a day off yesterday. Oh, I just did some Xbox. I oh, watched some telly. I just sat about for a bit. I'm like. What a fucking waste. Yeah, I've never... Not, not judging him for doing that. I just thought, oh my God. I've never really got that. I mean, yeah, I've never really got that. I find that really difficult. Like, even a weekend. I hate getting to the end of a weekend and feel, feeling like I've done nothing. And, you know, everyone has one. But I hate those. Like, even if you've mowed the lawn, cleaned the car, at least you've achieved something. Where, like, I, I know next year, <laughs> after the, the sort of the two years everyone's gone through I know next year Hannah's going to want a big holiday that's fine what like two three days or something <laughs> that, that's you're taking Tenby soon aren't you yeah, she can't wait <laughs> actually there's a walrus there at the moment so she's really excited <laughs> that's another story yeah. entirely um, I know two weeks in some far flung location two weeks yeah I, I'm going to really struggle with that but it's not just about me and if I can make sure that I exercise in that time I do some meditation in that time I do some breathing make sure I'm take, being present taking it in it will be good for me but I actually fear that kind of time. She's not going to do two weeks like lying on a sunbed. No, because I, I can't do that. No, and not Han- about Hannah. Oh, she couldn't do that either. She's oh, right, always so off. She, she's always stuff. off on adventures. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. Gonna, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember when you went to um, 
when our family holiday to Turkey, 2013, because I got the year before we went to Wales and it peed down all week. So I said, right, never holiday in this country again. Where isn't going to rain in July? So we went to Turkey. And of course, it was like 45 degrees. It was so hot, you couldn't move. Um, but there were, there were some Brits we met out there. And it's like, how long are you here for? Oh, yeah, for two weeks. I'm like, well, because it's so hot, the inclination is to do nothing. So I can lie by pool and play with the kids and maybe go out for dinner. But that's about as much exertion as was possible. Are you going to do that for two weeks? And they were like, well, yeah, we're just going to lie by the pool for two weeks. I was like, oh, my God, I go bored out of my mind. And again, it's yeah, like everyone's different. It. But it's like, if we go to, I said to the, the girls, if we go on a two-week holiday, the deal has to be we do one day by the pool, one day doing something. One day by the pool, one day doing something. And they're okay with that. Because I thought, just can't lie about for two weeks. Right. What What's this got to do with organic content? Shit. God, we haven't talked about that for about... 15 minutes. I am watching the clock. <laughs> so... I guess the takeaway from this podcast is whether you're on holiday, whether you're in the office, whether you're driving to clients, there's always ways to produce organic content and there's always ways to repurpose a situation. Nice comeback. I like that. I totally lost my memory. Don't know how I did that, but it's all off the cuff. And if you're not repurposing those situations, you're missing a trick because that organic content can back up all your paid work, your funnel, your PR. It could back up the messaging that you might be saying in your sales meetings. And that's really, really important as a part of your marketing mix. And no, it's not the 80%, but it is part of the 20%. And that's that's kind of the point we're making. Yeah. When someone gets to your organic content, are, is that organic content going to make them more or less likely to buy off you? And if it's less, you need to do something about it. Nice one. Thank you.